Do you want me to play that Megatrax <laughs> jam that you loved again? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, <laughs> Do you find any ones that you like better? No, I haven't done it yet. I will. I will do it. Okay. I mean, all you got to do is like look for songs, bro. I, I know. I know. It's so simple. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm ready if you are. I'm ready, dude. going on you're listening to the film drunk broadcast coming at you not live from our respective zoom brought quarters uh i'm vince mancini and i'm here with the irregular regular mr matt lieb you love my butt so i can eat your butthole you love my butt so I can eat some ass. That uh, it tastes good. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, there's no more. I only thought of those. Was that Wind Beneath My Wings? What was no, that? No, dude. That was You Lift Me Up by Josh Groban. Oh, I don't know any Josh Groban. Is he, oh, he was like the... this. He's hot. He looks Christian. He's probably Christian. Which is um, the one with the really obnoxious vibrato voice? Is that him or Michael Buble? Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, Michael Buble is just doing Frank Sinatra. Um, but Josh Groban, he's not, he's doing like a tenor Christian jam type thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's very like one epic. of them has a lot of vibrato. Yeah, I think, I think Josh Groban, uh, that sounds right. I hate vibrato. It's the worst. Y- you hate vibrato? I How do, especially vi- when you overdo it. Just sing the goddamn note, you freak. Yeah, fair enough. But also, there is good, uh, like, there it's is. part of singing. There's good vibrato. You don't want it to be. His is not. You don't want it to be flat if it sounds, or not, you know, if it just sounds like, ha, 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 ha. But it's like, lift me, ha, Like, that's nice, dude. Well, it's nice when you do it. I like a really slow wave. Like, oh, <laughs> that's nice. It's I like, like you're it. choking on a pair of balls. <laughs> that's what i was going for <laughs> okay good it's my favorite it. vibrato yeah how you doing matt so i made you watch I'm good i'm we're doing this new thing where i have to watch movies and i make you watch them so that we yeah. can talk about them which yeah works out well for me i don't know if it's going all right for you uh you know i would say mostly it's uh it's a terrible burden but like occasionally um you send me something that i'm like oh this is pretty good uh you know i'm glad i saw this before yeah. everyone else How often and then occasionally that what's that and then occasionally and then occasionally um you send me the worst movie i've ever seen uh-huh a- and um and i and i don't just hate it i hate you if <laughs> that makes sense i th- are you, you talking know, about uh, erotica or what, what was it, Verotica? I could handle Verotica because the Danzig horror, um, you know, movie uh, series of vignettes was like, there was no way it could be good. You know what you're getting into as soon as you're watching it. Yeah. It's like, it's just, uh, it's it's porn without the porn, you know? Yeah. It's like that level of acting and, you know, and also it's like saving grace is like you see some titties. So you're mm-hmm. like, sick. Sure, sure. Oh, dude. 
Uh, I've never seen the I've never seen titties before. Hell yeah. I I do there is a thing with me where I do revert to middle school brain when when boobies oh, are yeah. in movies. Of course. I mean just... cuz I'll hate something and I'll just be like, "Oh, the that's cool though." <laughs> oh, I like that. That's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I like that part. Oh, oh, they're gone now. I hate this. Yeah. Boo! Oh, they're, they're back. Oh, titties are back. Dude, oh, cool. I, I like it because they're round and they look <laughs> scrumptious. I want to hold them. I want to bounce a little. Oh, I got to go. <laughs> oh, he's, and then I, he's leaving. And then, I, and then he masturbates. <laughs> On a horse? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to make a jerk off sound, but I like that it's a horse oh, too. Oh, was that? Yeah, it sounded <laughs> Just like clopping a horse. away on a horse. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta go get on my middle school horse and fucking uh, take off. Well, just be glad I didn't. I didn't make you watch Dave Franco's movie. I had to watch that. I guess I didn't have to watch it, but I did watch it. And uh, so it Dave was so Franco bad. What? I, it was so he bad wrote, that I didn't even bother writing a review of it. He wrote and directed a movie, or what? I think he co-wrote it. I don't know. It's like one of those movies where they're just like, hey, bro, let's go make a movie. And then the characters have like kind of like shticks, but then nothing Ugh. they do really makes any sense because they're kind of just making it up as they go along. Like the premise is they go and get like an Airbnb Ugh. and uh, like Allison Breeze in it. And um, like the first night uh, they do uh, Molly or ecstasy or something. Cool. And then she's like, uh, "I'm gonna, I, I'm so tired from the drive. I'm gonna go to bed." So then she goes to bed, and then the next night, she's mad because they won't do Molly with her on the second night. And it's like, "Bitch, you went to sleep." Like none of the things that they do make any sense. It's just like people yeah. being mad at each other because there needs to be a conflict in the story, but it doesn't. It, it's all contrived. Anyway, they it fucking, feels like a movie where they made it up while they went along. Yes, type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, which is weird to me because it's like if you're Dave Franco and, you know, your brother is James Franco. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my assumption here is that Dave Franco can pretty much do what he wants to do and yeah. it'll it'll get distribution at the very least. Right. Um, and yeah. I'm, in some form, maybe. I mean, you saw it. You got a screen. I did. For yeah. It. Yeah. So, like, that's level of distribution that most, you know, indie filmmakers, you know, only dream to sure. get. Sure. I mean, I don't even know if it's the distributor or the fact that, you know, he does something where he can afford a publicist to, like, that's what I'm saying. That link to film critics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, and with that power um, comes great responsibility. Well, the responsibility to at least make a um, a movie that like a watchable movie that yeah. you would like put thought into, like it seems so strange to me to have the you know I think it's because when you're presented with an opportunity that you've kind of always had and it's never really been a big deal, you never had to work for that opportunity. Um, you can kind of just be like, yeah, so I don't know, I just made this little thing, whatever. I don't really <laughs> yeah. care. You you can do that cool guy thing where it's like people who uh pretend like they're not deeply invested in the art form that they've been doing for a while but they actually you know it's like most comedians every comedian wants to um uh when they Be get casual big, about their art they, they want to get like casual about it like i don't know just like you know doing stand-up and and what instead of like you know spending every night 
seven days a week, every night of the year, going out and doing shitty open mic to shitty open mic to like, you know, okay show to terrible show, you know, mm-hmm. Indian casinos, fucking all sorts of shit gigs, all to get to the point where they're at, they reach that level of success so they can be like, oh man, I don't really know, man. I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just funny like that, I guess. It's just natural, yeah. you know? I don't even have to try. I just started doing this. Yeah. My special, that was the first time I ever did stand up. So I it's think it's like, more like when they do, uh, when you go out and shoot a horror movie, it's probably fun for you and your friends to go shoot that thing, but uh, yeah, it might yeah. not be fun for us to watch. And this one, it wasn't. It was just like they went to a rental house. <laughs> Wait, guys, it was a horror film? Yeah, it was a horror film. Uh, they go to a rental, like an Airbnb, and then they discover like a camera in the shower, and then like a guy starts killing them, uh, and then that's and then it's over. It's an Airbnb horror film murder yeah. mystery. Uh-huh. Airbnb slasher. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, write what you know, you know? <laughs> sure. You know, this guy, he stays doing, a lot of Airbnbs. And he's like, of- what if I got fucking murdered in here, dude? <laughs> I'd be fucking crazy. Fuck, dude. And there's like a really hot what chick if, doing Molly. What if someone was like watching us right now? It's, it, you know what's weird too? It's even stranger to do a horror film that you know can get picked up and distributed uh in in the time of like jordan peele horror films uh-huh. where it's like nah man at this point you actually now there's pressure to put thought into these right you know yeah. like like unless you're you know working at blumhouse and you're like, I just got to like green light some shit. There's going to be a lot of like, oh, some guy on the internet followed you and is trying to kill you and whatever. But like, if you're a name like Dave Franco, mm-hmm. like you got to put thought into your horror film. You yeah. can't just Pay a nerd to write can- it if you have to. What's the- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But be like, here's my, you know, uh, here's what the movie is actually saying. Like, you don't even have to be smart about it. Be mm-hmm. like, I want to do a movie about like cancel culture. But like, um, I want it to be a horror film. So, uh, you know, you're wearing glasses. Um, could you write that? You know, because nerds wear glasses. Yeah. Uh huh. I like to think he's very Paul Pot like. <laughs> Paul Pot. Yeah, you know, Paul Pot like had. Everyone... Have you been doing more history podcasts? I I, I haven't, but I recently uh, heard. I don't know. In the last probably the last couple of years, uh, that Paul Pot was like killing Cambodians. Uh, who wore glasses because it was a sign that you were an intellectual. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyone that yeah, anyone that was uh, cosmopolitan or lived in the city or had like right. you know education. Wearing glasses, I think, is uh, that that's like one of those things where you're you're just like, damn, dude, was an uh, an eighties bully like the fucking <laughs> yeah. dictator of Cambodia. <laughs> it's just like we're gonna kill everyone wearing glasses and everyone who's got a pocket protector. Also, this is my mountain. And then he skis away. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Anyways. Well, look, I, uh, R.I.P. Herman Cain. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right, dude. Yeah. Which is dude. a shame. He was like one of our most charmingly uh, silly politicians. Yeah, I mean, no one he else, was one of. No yeah. other presidential frontrunner has quoted the Pokemon movie, which yeah. makes me sad. And like he was, um, it, in a way, he's a precursor to Trump in that he was like this right wing buffoon, you know, <laughs> yeah. who was like more funny to make fun of. He's um, just he's less he's like the uh, he's like a charming like rom com version of Trump where yeah. he's like you know he's like a pizza millionaire 
Like how many pizza yeah, exactly. are there out there? Instead, we got like the reality show bully. But the pizza millionaire who was dumb as hell and quoted the Pokemon movie was pretty fun for a while. Yeah, and like his entire tax plan was based off the game Civilization Three or SimCity <laughs> or something. Yeah. It was just like it's like the nine nine. Like, I'm gonna tax yeah nine nine nine. You know, and so I don't know. There was something about him that was a little bit more playful. It was like because you knew he wasn't gonna fucking win, and yeah. he was an idiot, well, he and had... he had the weirdest campaign ads. Do you remember the one where the guy? It was like his campaign manager was being interviewed and just saying how. Um, you know, uh, you know, Herman Cain is, is the right man for the job. He's a, we, we need help in America, and that's what we're going to get. And then, like, rock music plays, and then the fucking the campaign manager is just smoking a cigarette in the <laughs> No, I didn't see that one. Oh, it's amazing. Like they accidentally left the frame in, or what? No, no. They decided it'll be good for after this message, we just watch the campaign manager smoke a cigarette <laughs> And just like, yeah, fuck you, libs. Like that shit, I was like, that's funny. Yeah. And I don't know if it's intentional, but it is amazing. Well, when the goofy candidate's message isn't about, you know, like trying to trying to whip up the uh the the chuds. The KKK. To, to, yeah, trying yeah. to whip up the chuds to kill brown people. Like uh, Right. Yeah. Right, then it's it's a little bit more I don't know palatable. Like, Even though oh, it's like this guy's just got some goofy ideas that don't involve uh you know building walls and shit. Right, exactly. Like this guy is I think legitimately not uh knowingly genocidal, uh and that's that's good, you know. Um, and he's it, it was also like I don't know, half of it was the fact that you just knew he couldn't win, um, but yeah he went to Tulsa to the Trump rally mm-hmm. and that's didn't wear a, a mask. That's a slut backwards. Is it? No way. Yeah. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> I bet there's titties. There, there. <laughs> All uh, right. All right. <laughs> sorry. But like, uh, yeah, he, you know, he was, of course, an anti-masker. All of the like right wing stereotypes um, and went to the Tulsa rally, didn't wear a mask caught covid and died and it's a big bummer yeah it's a bummer it's also like there's you know uh, he i think he is the first in at least in america um covid death that kind of hit washington in a way Mm. or hit hit the political landscape because so far there hasn't been any big political COVID yeah. deaths. Yeah, um, I know. It's like you'd think at least we could get rid of one of our old assholes. But yeah, like not, like, not silly old Herman Cain. He wasn't hurting nobody. Yeah, exactly. And and like you know, I, I know that um, you know some people in the you know Trump campaign uh, or like in the cabinet, like someone like got it someone has covid there's also like His a National representative Security advisor has yeah everything. but i mean like having it and dying from it are two different things yeah of course and that's that's the thing is it's like because and it's one of the worrying things about covid is the fact that it has this like high um relative to um high mortality rate relative to you know influenza but a low mortality rate in general, because that's the, even the Spanish flu's mortality rate was in the single digits of percentages, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's but the one Bill Cosby it, was slipping in people's drinks, right? 
That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Spanish, Spanish flu. flu. <laughs> he would just put Spanish flu, and then you go, <laughs> you know, because he was also Flood Prince, though. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he, uh, but because the people, you know, they get COVID and then they recover fr- from it or they're asymptomatic, you know, it can, o- I can imagine it only entrenches the idea further that this is not like a real thing and shouldn't be taken seriously, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, I still and, don't know. What... Which is why some people dying, you know, I'm not, I don't think it's good that Herman Cain died. I r- would have rather it was like fucking Mitch McConnell or something, yeah. you know, yeah. if I'm choosing who's going to die. But like, um, you know, that shit like that is just like, I don't know, man, we need we need some wake up calls for for some of this because <laughs> it's like we're at like one hundred fifty three thousand dead. But and the, yeah, it's and now worse. we're trapped in our country. I like that they can't no one can tell anyone to go back to their country anymore because like we're <laughs> yeah. literally not no allowed will, to. Yeah, exactly. We're not, we're not allowed to leave. Love it or leave it. Well, all right. Well, we took one yeah. of those off the table. Like and now people can be like, oh no, I don't want any dirty Americans coming here to to Mexico. You <laughs> yeah, know? I mean and, at the uh, same time, yeah. I don't know what the fuck. Are we just supposed to stay in our houses from now until uh, I don't know sometime in the uh, no, indefinite think, future? It's fucking annoying. No, I think it's it's annoying. I'm not. I don't think you need to stay in your house. I think you need to social distance as much as possible and um, like. You know, I, I my whole thing is like I'm not doing any indoor spaces with people. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, like uh, even the grocery store, uh, like it is something that I, I mean, I haven't yet ordered groceries, uh, but like I am considering it because our, our numbers now in California are fucking crazy. Like it's gotten real bad here. And um, yeah, I mean, but Francesca and I went up to Carmel last week. And we had a lovely time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. My, yeah. my word. I liked Gorgeous. it better when Clint Eastwood was still the mayor. Yeah, dude. I, like, that was a crazy thing that I remembered while I was there. I was like, wasn't Clint Eastwood mayor? And I was like, maybe I'm just making that up. And yeah. then I went into like a bakery and there was like a framed photo of Clint Eastwood, <laughs> like mayor of Carmel. And Car- I was like, oh, shit. Carmel's definitely like the capital of uh, this place is beautiful. And we don't want your we don't want any poor people uh, fucking, oh, yeah. fucking it up. Like, it's very much like the. We, this is my patch of paradise, and I will I will defend it to the death if uh, yes. any poor people trod here. Yeah, no, they uh, they definitely and, and it was weird because like being there, I, like Francesca and I really like that show, Big Little Lies. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's like it just every you know blonde plastic surgery lady walking a stroller down the street or with a little dog. Mm-hmm. It was just like, man, you know. One of you guys, you you guys got some secrets here. One, one, one of you guys, guys is gonna, gonna get raped by uh, what's his name by, by, by a Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Alexander <laughs> yeah. Skarsgård. <laughs> that is uh, what, what a Skarsgård. Think, what do you think was the biggest little lie in that show? Um, the biggest little lie. Ooh, uh, let me see. That um, fucking uh, Adam Scott, um was getting cheated on thus probably oh, poor adam scott was, hey yeah. speaking of prestige tv did you see yeah. those did you see those emmy noms boy you, did i big into the emmy nom? i know they oh, were dude they were announced by josh gad because uh we literally cannot escape josh gad in this country he's he's put a spell on 
the American people, um, or maybe just on Hollywood. I just don't and, understand it. Like, I don't know who's cla- like. I I can't. I've never heard someone clamoring for Josh Gad. I I don't understand it at all. Um, everything about him annoys me. Like, it, he's got this. There's just something. Like half of it is like theater kid um resentment that i have just like mm-hmm. straight up hating theater people the other half is going like y- like you are this like disgusting <laughs> <laughs> well all right piece of shit no i mean there's just something about him that just like pisses me off it's not it's, it's not like he, his... he's always like happy to be there and he's like and like his whole thing is like i'm josh gad i'm really happy to be there and then i'm always like yeah but why are you here like what is... yeah no like, and I... he's never once been good <laughs> no. well he's, he's never once he was good in book of mormon everybody says people do say that and Still um, haven't seen it. i i would love listen, to i i've listened to the original soundtrack where he was in book of mormon uh and yeah he was fine but he's he is not the star the star is the guy who plays the main dude that dude is incredible he's a better singer and that's the thing joski had he can sing he's a broadway guy yeah but like i've never literally thought of him any as... any fat fuck can play him for like, me it was just like for me i've never <laughs> thought of him as distinctly untalented or like he's not like bad at stuff but that's i just don't know what he brings to the table he seems okay. perfectly middling at like everything that he does and yet Mid- middling at best everything and he and i can't escape him and it's like the, when remember that op-ed that he posted where it was like mike nichols and bill cosby and he was writing about how one guy has a good legacy and one guy has a bad legacy and uh it was in like a major magazine and it was Ugh. like why did why did we need to let josh gad write this well yeah what what is uh like there's josh gad he finds work in this way where you're just like you can take a break you know he's got kind of like i don't know jeffrey wright syndrome a little bit where you're just like listen i get that you fill a very specific <laughs> space but like jeffrey there are wright other fills a much more specific space and a necessary space than josh gad yes does. that's true and but you know uh, what i'm saying though is that like what you do, you do fine. I mean, Jeffrey Wright actually does what he does very well. Yeah. And in fact, he's typecast and can do way, way better. He's he's actually a terrific actor. But kind of like there's overload. The, the only difference is like Jeffrey Wright and Josh Gad, one is a household name and one isn't. They both serve the same function, which is like um, uh, uh, Josh Gad, cast him. He's perfect. Like it's for people who can't think of anyone else to cast. I don't. And I don't know what situation I would think that I needed to cast Josh Gad in. Well, when you got like a fat guy who needs to be like kind of funny, but not so funny that like uh, anyone will notice. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and also like, did you see? I've seen now both Steve Jobs movies. And oh, oh, uh, that was great. The ad when he was in the Ashton Kutcher one. <laughs> oh, the Ashton Kutcher one is holy fuck. I it love, is. Oh my God. It's bad. I love like, that there Aaron was just Sorkin, some guy it, who was like a real estate. Uh, mm-hmm. He wrote like a real estate textbook and he just decided that he wanted to make a movie about Josh Gad. And he fucking did it, man. He you mean wrote, Steve it, Jobs? Yeah, sorry. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he wanted to make a movie about Steve Jobs, and he fucking did it. He got Ashton Kutcher and Josh Gad in it, and it got like a real release and everything. And it really was like your neighbor wrote a Steve Jobs biopic. 
Yeah, and it and it and it reads like that too because it is it is um, it's worse than the Aaron Sorkin one, and it makes you appreciate the Aaron Sorkin one. <laughs> yeah, it makes you're it like, makes you appreciate it because you're just. And like, I hate Aaron Sorkin, but you're like, well, at least there was a level of craft to that one. Yeah, at least he's like he's like got a uh, you know very distinctive style. I mean, I think it was even like an Aaron Sorkin. Um, was it David Fincher again? Was it them together? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember either, but it's like, yeah, it's it's in that Aaron Sorkin style, which is annoying as fuck. But uh-huh. uh, once you see the other Steve Jobs movie, you're just like, Jesus Christ. The, the one saving grace is that, yeah, Ashton Kutcher kind of looks like a young Steve Jobs. That's like, that's as 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 much as you can say for it. And uh-huh. fucking Josh Gad as Wozniak made me want to <laughs> fucking kill myself. I was like, this is the worst performance I have seen. He was really happy to be there, uh, Steve Wozniak. Oh, God. Made me want to fucking die, dude. <laughs> and meanwhile, like, who was it? Uh, it was Seth Rogen played um, uh, Wozniak in the other one, right? Yeah. And and Danny Boyle. Like, it, wasn't, it wasn't David Fincher. That's why it wasn't very uh, good. Yeah, it was Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, <laughs> holy crap. I mean... I don't think he's made a good movie since Train Spotting. Like that was a, he did gr- a great movie, and then he's been coasted on that for a long. Didn't time. he do? T- he did Twenty Eight Days Later as well, didn't he? Yeah. And didn't he do Slumdog Millionaire? Yes, that movie's the oh, worst movie. Nah, that's a good you movie, like dude. That piece of shit. Oh my nah, god, dude, that's a good Jaiwala Slumdog. <laughs> oh. I oh. love that. Uh, I mean, he knows the answers because the things that he did on the streets. So. You know. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. I like that, dude. Yeah, I like it because like uh, it's got like a Bollywood kind of feel to it. And uh-huh. you mean because it's, it's like in in India and like, yeah, because it's in Indian India. People. That's yeah, no, that's pretty sick. But also like uh, you know, like when he falls in the shit, that was crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, I I I, 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 I for real like that movie, but um, in general, well, Josh Gad, you're wrong. Fucking hate him. But like the Emmys, so uh, the Emmys are weird now. I think the Emmys have always kind of sucked. Uh, but <laughs> it's a little weird now when like you can never get more than four people that have seen, seen the same 10 shows. Like everybody's watching completely different shows and, uh, like you just stand around cocktail parties talking about what shows you watch. And most of the time, maybe one other person is also watching that show. Like ever since, yeah. ever since Game of Thrones went off the air, like no one has seen all of these shows. And so yeah. the Emmys now, I don't even know. Like it, it just seems like a random grab bag of uh, shows that like half of whom I've heard of. The, the, the fucking Kaminsky method keeps cleaning up. And like I still am not convinced that's a real show. Yeah, no, I don't think it exists. Um, there's posters for it, but it's because it, that's the thing that who's in the Kaminsky method. Michael Douglas. He keeps getting nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor. Yeah, that's not real, dude. I assume he plays it. Kaminsky. Probably. Yeah. And he's got like some sort of method. I don't know anything about it. Um, I do know that uh, one of the lovely things about the kind of like announcements, uh, like the telecast that they did, um, mm-hmm. was they had Leslie Jones uh-huh. reading those ones. And it was very funny because she was just like, you know, she was like, oh, Shit's Creek. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Insecure. Hell Yeah. The Kaminsky method. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it I was think, so funny. I think five because, people in the world have seen that show, and they're all Emmy Emmys voters. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I almost like and this personally because it was like a lot of the things that got nominated. It was like Shit's Creek, which is, has has had this like um kind of a cult following for a while now. Shit's Creek like is this, legit good. I watched that show. I I haven't seen it yet, but it's like one of those shows I really want to watch. And so it was like that made kind of like the comedy nerds uh-huh. happy, uh, insecure. Um, you know, made like the uh, kind of like woke, uh, and also just like black people and uh, black people in the entertainment industry happy because like it's getting I like, I like recognized. I watch. I like seen, insecure I saw as well. Most of it. Yeah, I haven't seen the last season, but I I like insecure. Um, and then the Kaminsky method <laughs> was just like for five uh, Jewish boomers who are in the academy, <laughs> and they were yeah. like, hooray! <laughs> you know, yeah. It was like I'm not sure who it was for, but I was kind of like, "Is this for my dad?" It's got to be, you know. Like it, it's like I have. To I'm assume glad my dad is getting are... getting some representation in, uh, you know, in the in the Emmy noms. All right, so lead actor in a comedy series with Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Don Cheadle, Black Monday, Ted Danson, The Good Place, Michael Douglas, mm. Kaminsky Method, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek, Ramzi Youssef. Rami or Rami Youssef. Oh uh, no way! Uh, lead actor. Rami got nominated for an Emmy for acting. Rami got a Nami. Oh hell yeah, dude! Shout out to Rami. That dude is—he's uh, a comedian from the Bay. I think he's from the Bay Area, or I met him in the Bay Area a bunch of times. Uh, and uh, he is a really fucking funny guy. I haven't seen the show, but I've heard it's great. And one day when I'm done watching every drama that's ever been made, I will watch it. Yeah. yeah. When I'm, once I'm done with uh, The Great, which I started yeah. thanks to Joey last week. And uh, it's good. Thanks it's really, to me. Oh, is it you? Okay. Motherfucker. It's really good. Isn't it good? I mean, it's like, it's a little too much like The Favorite at times when, the, like, when yes. they're doing the dancing and you're like, all right, we didn't need like the direct uh, ripoff of The Favorite, sure. especially since Nicholas Holt is in uh the favorite yes but it's pretty good and nicholas holt is goddamn amazing like he yes. for sure should have gotten nominated for something maybe next yeah. year uh lead actress comedy series christina applegate dead to me rachel brosnahan the marvelous mrs Maisel, which i've never seen have you seen that show i have uh it's a guilty pleasure i like it a lot it's the only funny show uh about stand-up comedy i feel like i hear half the half the people who have seen it demand i watch it and the other half uh talk about how terrible it is so i think you would hate it but um (laughs) mostly because it's it because it's very theatrical Uh uh-huh um but i just think that uh it's just solid tv writing cool 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 yeah uh there's a couple of noms for the morning show which i assume is like on apple or some shit yeah it's on apple i saw that one never watching that um yeah it's pretty bad uh the there's a lot of watchmen nomination that that one's like close to uh game of thrones in terms of people actually watching it yeah i uh i still don't know how i feel about that show why you don't like the watchmen show i i thought it I ended was, super strong i still haven't read I thought the it, book uh, i i thought it ended strong um and so i was happy with how it ended um but it was a little bit too convoluted for me a little bit too confusing it was doing a little bit too much in terms of kind of being uh being i don't know too it was good a, for you you fucking no i know it was like there was something about it where uh, uh, like after a few episodes i was like 
this at some point has to kick in to gear in a way that puts pieces together so that I can fully really understand what the show is doing. And it and it kind of did that at the end, but I, I don't know. It was confusing. That's why I didn't like it. It confused me. I just don't understand the noms because they'll nom like three people from the same show in the in the same uh, category. Like mm. outstanding writing for a drama series. There's three people nominated from Ozark, two from Better Call Saul. Uh huh. The, the acting. There's like two or three people. For, Laura Dern and Meryl Streep for Big Little Lies. Right. Who I kind of thought were the weakest parts of that show, to be honest, but. Oh, Meryl Streep was great. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And yeah. Laura Dern was great, too. They were She's, both good. You're... I mean, everybody just wants to see Laura Dern act like really imperious. And I don't know. She was. That's true. She was a lot. I like her when she's not quite that much. Yeah, but she embodied the character so much of that that very specific... She really made me hate that character. Great job. No, it wasn't about hate. It was about like that uh, kind of like. I don't know. It's this. It's kind of villainous in terms of like you want to hate kind it of. a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you want to hate her a lot more than you end up hating her. Um, I don't know. She brings humanity to a character that I would just usually in real life call a Karen and not like think yeah. twice about. Um, and then also fucking Meryl Streep. Uh, if she doesn't win that, uh, then the whole process is rigged. I also think Meryl Streep is the greatest actor who ever lived. Yeah, so. but it's it's almost like hack to like nominate Meryl Streep at this point because it's like yeah, she's always good. We get it. I, I know, but it's like this weird thing where, um, I just am never. She always surprises me with how good she is, mm. and that character, I was just like fuck. Mm. I was I I loved it. Mm. Well. Yeah. Good for them all. Everybody who got nominated, uh, you know, I'm not going to read them all, but great job. Great job, everybody. Yeah. And uh, there was, uh, you know, first of all, um, you're all winners in, yeah. in our book. Yeah. And our book, by the way, is written by losers. So some <laughs> of you are probably also losers because we think you're winners. But um, yeah, you know, uh, there was also this kicked up a big uh, online stir. Because uh, there was a lot of uh, black actors and um, just black representation in the nominees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then there was uh, a bit of uh, uh, online discourse about what about representation of Latinx communities. Well, look, and we can only so, have one minority group succeed at a time. Yeah, those are the rules. Yeah. Uh, only one minority group is allowed to succeed. Uh, everyone else Look, has one to minority wait their turn. group at a time in Carmel. Like we can only have one. Mm -hmm. The city limits of Carmel will only admit one. Uh, That's right. Of color at a time. Those are the rules. One category. Clint Eastwood put those rules in in the eighties when right. he was mayor. Yeah, he told um, that to a chair. Um, hey, but a, a, apparently, just real quick. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Where this is where the discourse went because I watched it unfold. Um, and I do this thing when I'm like watching discourse over the couple, you know, over a couple of days, kind of like turn in on itself and then start killing each other and, and pit two minority groups against each other where I watch it and I'm enthralled because I want to know, you know, what the conversation every is. Every time there's I've, a fight, you have to, even if it's a fight between two people that you've never heard of on Twitter, you you feel like you have to get to the bottom of it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a curiosity. And then there's also, I, I think I do this kind of like subconsciously, but while I'm reading two minority groups, um, in a flame war on Twitter, I, um, 
I wring my hands very Jewishly as I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just go, good, good. Uh, no, I just, like, I read it in this uh, very voyeuristic way. Was because that just I, to, I, like, get the cream onto the eczema while you're doing yeah, it? No, yeah, no. I'm hand-wringing. From the outside, it looks like I'm just being evil, but I'm actually, I'm moisturizing. Yeah. Um, but uh, then the conversation turned around when... A lot of people, uh, you know, kind of clap back uh, in the black community saying, like, why, when we get some representation, are you guys shitting on it? And then it it reclapped with another one where it said, like, also, there's a lot of Afro-Latino uh, actors who got nominated. Why are black Latinos always being erased? And I got to say, by the time I was done reading... Uh, all of the flame wars, my hands were um, <laughs> You'd run very all moist. the skin off of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'd rubbed all of the skin off. Mm-hmm. And uh, all, all, all of this to say, uh, all, you know, the internet is made for fighting mm-hmm. and is made yeah. um, living in this world uh, actively worse. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so this week's topic, I feel like we got to mm. get to it. I mean, we're only 35 minutes in. But it's time to talk about it, dude. Yeah, I made you watch The Secret Dare to Dream. Yes, you did. Which is, of course, the movie adaptation of The Secret. Uh, now, question. Yeah. Isn't there, wasn't there already a secret movie? Or so was, this, was that a doc? This, uh, this Australian TV show or TV producer, I think her name is Rhonda Byrne. She mm-hmm. made a documentary about the secret. Oh that, no, she's the right. She's the one who wrote the secret, and then she made a book out of the documentary. Oh, yeah. W- with yeah, it's it started as a doc. Yeah, it started as a doc. And wow! Then, and then she made it into a movie. And so basically, the documentary started when she read this book by a guy named Wallace D. Waddle, uh, <laughs> who wrote what is it called? It's like. The Secret to Getting Rich or something like that, which is written... Wasn't Wallace D. Waddle uh, one of the... Like the sixth member of Black Eyed Peas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... The... He's, uh, he's Apple D. Apps brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wallace Deloise Waddles. Uh, Wallace Waddles. Uh, and he wrote in 1910, The Science of Getting Rich. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what's her name? Burnt Rhonda something or other, the Australian chick. Rhonda Burnt, yeah. And then, uh, and then she came up with the secret. And then, at a certain point, mm-hmm. they turned it into this movie, which stars Katie Holmes, Josh Lucas, uh, and Jerry O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And uh, was directed. Josh by- Lucas, by the way, um, is the Josh Groban of the acting world. In <laughs> that, like, you see him on screen, and you go, "Oh." This is some low key Christian shit about to happen, <laughs> or you know what I mean. This is a movie for my mom. Yeah, I mean, but there's like I don't He's know like what it if is. The Josh Groban Christmas album was a person. It'd be Josh. Yes, Lucas. exactly, exactly. Because yeah. like he's got this look of like, I bet Christian America loves this guy. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like a guy who's about to uh, rap with you about God. Yeah, he he w- like whenever his uh, Home Depot ads come on, like he's the voice <laughs> of Home Depot. And, oh, really? Yeah, and he does all the voiceovers, and I just hear that voice. And I do feel like I'm, I, I feel like there's like a cool pastor trying to bro down with me whenever I hear it. And it, uh, it makes me want to leave the room because I'm, 
I'm yeah, worried he's, he's going to trick me into going to church. Yeah, he d- he talked like a guy who was sitting backwards in a seat. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so in this, uh, so it's directed by the guy who did Hitch and uh, Sweet Home Alabama, also starring Josh Lucas. Uh, he also did Fool's Gold and uh, Bounty Hunters with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Gerard Butler. Who do you think is a more slovenly Gerard, Butler or Depardieu? Oh, Depardieu. But isn't isn't Gerard Butler just like a younger Gerard Depardieu? I mean, they both have the face of uh, like uh, they have a bloaty face. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like Depardieu is at this point like he just looks like a fucking drown victim at this point. <laughs> I mean, they both look like guys that have been up since three in the morning drinking like a strong dark ale. Oh yeah, and I appreciate oh, yeah. that about him. Or in Gerard Depardieu's case, probably you know like a very uh, rich Bordeaux. Yeah, I mean, they they're both, I, but and also like you know if if Depardieu had ever been in you know the three hundred shape, it would be different. <laughs> true, true. Uh, but well, he was at one time my father, the hero. Yeah, but he wasn't like my father, like the strong hero. <laughs> you know, he was still kind of like roundy. My father, the defender of Western values. Yeah, goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he was in three musketeers yeah so they they turned this into a movie and it's like it's very much like a nicholas sparks movie because i don't know if i've yes. given you the nicholas sparks blueprint for a movie but it's the same no. every time it's like there's a nice mom who like deferred an obscure scholarship like you know she she <laughs> had like a fucking rowing scholarship to juilliard <laughs> and she turned it down <laughs> So that she could move to Coastal Carolina to take care of her mom. Sure. Uh, And now her mom's dead and she's got like two kids. uh, And she's Mm -hmm. just looking for a nice guy. And there's a lot of Spanish moss around. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, Mm -hmm. one day like Zac Efron comes and then they fuck. and, uh, and, And maybe there's a ghost. But they live happily ever after. And you know, in Spain, they call uh, moss, they call it more. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> live moss. <laughs> live, live yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Sparks movies are all about all about learning to live moss. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, and so they learn to be happy like living their very wholesome uh existence away from the big city and and you know, they find a nice guy. And they uh, yeah. And I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, are they not always heavily rewarded for their choices to live yeah. modestly oh absolutely and usually if is if they have to make a decision usually there's some sort of love triangle and mm-hmm. one of the guys is rich and a total asshole and the other guy mm-hmm. is poor and nice and you know they always start like a fucking injured squirrel sanctuary or something yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah, just putting little casts on squirrels <laughs> yeah uh, which uh, is great because it's nice when you have to make like a uh, a decision about romance, and one of the choices is a huge asshole who like beats, mm-hmm. who like runs over fucking who who yells at vets to go home and uh, and and runs over animals in his car. And yeah, just like well, that guy I can cross yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. off the list. Yes, yeah, bad so, dude. So this time, you know, Katie Holmes, uh, she's got three kids. She's living in Louisiana somewhere. mm Hmm fucking spanish moss everywhere spanish moss she's uh you know in a relationship with uh jerry o'connell 
Um, yeah. O'Connell? Is that yeah, his yeah. name right? Yep. Tuck, and, and like, Tuck Middendorf. She, that's his name. He, he plays yep. a guy named Tuck Middendorf. He plays Tuck Middendorf, which is, and this may surprise you or it may not, it's not the worst name. Uh, n- not the worst named character of oh, this movie. You thought it was Bray? Bray? <laughs> Come on! The fucking Christian dude's Nowadays, name is Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say. <laughs> Nothing comes out when they move the lips. Just a bunch of cigarettes and everyone acts like you forgot about Bray. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, so Bray. So uh, Josh Lucas shows up and he's got like an envelope to give to uh katie holmes but she and did doesn't you notice know it, it yet. did you notice it had a um uh a wax seal not unlike <laughs> yeah. the insignia on the secret oh really oh i didn't even yes. catch the wow i didn't catch the uh i thought there. i thought what was gonna happen is like is he just gonna give her a book called the secret that would be a weird <laughs> that would be such a weird adaptation <laughs> Of a, yeah. of a book is to be like i read this book it's really good that'd be like every stephen king movie like it is just a bunch of kids reading it yeah. <laughs> um but yeah um so yeah he shows up to give uh some envelope to katie holmes mm-hmm. who is and we should describe katie holmes's character because it's very important well, to she know. does not she does that half smile that katie yeah, holmes that's her that's that's Katie that's Holmes' brand, face, dude. and I don't know. It's she. I, I always forget that she's not a very good actress whenever, whenever yeah. she shows up. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah, that's all she does is that stupid half smile. I mean, she's not the worst actress in the world. She's middling. She's fine. Yeah. I've never seen her be great, but that's she's that's got just a go-to half smile. I'll say she does. She has very much a go-to half smile, um, and her character is that of a stressed out. Um, kind of single mother even though she has a boyfriend jerry o'connell he uh, she works at his restaurant mm-hmm. as a fishmonger a, a, I, I, I guess yeah she, she's a fishmonger um and uh she you know she lives in this house in new orleans that is like run down the fucking you know but uh, gorgeous ceilings le- leaking oh but it's gorgeous yeah um and she's very negative She's very negative Nancy. She's a negative Nancy. A lot of bad things, you know, kind of like uh, she looks at life as a series of bad uh, events. And she's also like the clumsy rom-com heroine. I like that they always have to make him, you know, she's not actually clumsy in this one, but she is so bad at doing mom stuff that she can't even microwave uh, chicken tenders right yeah, she she just she like forgot to take him out of the bag. pack. She screwed him up because she forgot to take him out of the package. Which yeah, which is um you know a uh, move that is so dumb that you're just like, <laughs> wait, is this part of the character? Is she, is she mentally ill? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she she picks up her daughters and they're both also negative. Um, the little uh girl um has had a bad day because she said she had a pony and then mm-hmm. the kids made fun of her because she, she didn't have a pony. She doesn't actually have a pony. She doesn't actually have a pony, but she wants a pony. So she said that she wa- has a pony mm-hmm. and acted as if, which as I was watching it, I went, if this movie ends with her getting a fucking <laughs> pony, I'm going to off myself in my girlfriend's house. And... um. 
you know, I don't want to do too many spoilers, but uh, she gets a fucking pony. Yeah, she gets a pony. So, the well, the, she also has a son who is like her, like his dead father, who was also yes. a dreamer. And yes. uh, spoiler alert, you know, things didn't work out for him. None of his inventions panned out. Um, right. How many inventors do you know in real life? I think, I feel like if if movies were real life, <laughs> I would know at least seven inventors. Uh, you would know seven inventors and you would know of three people who died in quicksand. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um she runs into she uh so i guess first uh what's his name josh fucking lucas Robin. lucas uh goes over to visit uh katie holmes for some reason we don't know she's not there and he meets the son they have a little conversation they have some chemistry um they're clearly gonna fuck later mm-hmm. uh and then um after she picks up her two kids um she gets she rear ends josh lucas and this starts which is a hell of a coincidence it's almost like they had some sort of attraction exactly it's almost like the law of attraction so um uh, i i i don't know how much further we should go without me first explaining um my feelings about this movie well the secret is the idea of the secret is uh you know if you can uh think positively it, about the things that you want yes you're more likely to get them as yeah as, it's a, as josh lucas's character tells uh katie holmes's son nature yeah. can be very powerful but so are you yes uh and um says to the concierge of a hotel that he gets in uh says to her directly um you you know you can do anything if you uh, you can have anything you want if you really want it, mm-hmm. um, which was regards to him trying to get a, a room with a view, and it was like oh no we don't have any, and then the maid comes by and goes actually the best room just opened up for you, <laughs> yeah, and, and then he's like see, so um the the secret in general is this kind of like the way it's used uh, by people at least is um. I can manifest everything I've ever wanted by um, just believing hard enough that I will get it or yep. that I already have it. It's kind of like it's this everyone when you hear anyone new AG talking about manifesting something, what they mean by it is like uh, that they made this happen through sheer will of force of, yeah. of mental force. Like it's, you know, it can be applied to people who are just working hard. And I think there is something to um, it's better to kind of like try to put a positive spin on something. I think so. Here's here's my if I squint and I find like the actual value yes. in this philosophy. Here's what I think it is like. There's yes. one point where Josh uh, Lucas tells the hotel clerk lady who wants to be a lawyer uh, he's like, can you see yourself as a lawyer? And and, and she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, how, how are you? How are you going to reach your? How are you going to get what you want if you can't see it? So yes. like the idea that if you have a specific goal and mm-hmm. you can imagine yourself doing it, you're more likely to get it. I think that's val. I think that's valid. Like if you have a specific yeah. goal and you and you like say what it is and you work towards it, obviously you're going to be more likely to get that than if you have vague. 
uh, right. If you have no goal whatsoever, yeah, you're not going to get anything that you specifically wanted yeah. because whatever you end up getting, you didn't uh, explicitly want. Right. But so, then if you just turn that, it, but, but then if you put that through the dipshit, like American transmogrifier, uh, that yes. becomes, if I just think hard enough about a pizza, I will get an actual fucking pizza. Which is doorstep. what this movie is. <laughs> and this is, this is the problem. I, cause I know there's people out there who have read the secret or whatever, and they, have actually gotten some good things out of, out of it, and I don't want to shit on their philosophy. Okay, having but specific if we're talking, goals is a good way to help yourself. Yes, again, but we're right now we're talking about what this movie did and what this movie is, and what I can tell you is that this is not only one of the worst movies I have ever seen, <laughs> but possibly one of the most evil movies I have ever seen. This is like if Mein Kampf starred fucking katie holmes and fucking like jerry Jerry o'connell and josh groban guy like (laughs) i i i was livid the entire movie because like i i I, I already i could i definitely thought about your bit about karma and how karma is the most victim blaming philosophy yes because that's this whole movie i mean the part so he shows up at her at, in her life, and he just becomes a part of her life without telling her that he has this envelope for her. And yes. you know that this envelope is going to solve all of her problems because yes, it's a fucking movie. Yes, you know it's going to solve her problems. And, it's almost, and like once- he, he, it's almost like he can't give her the envelope until she thinks positively and is thus worthy of hearing good news. And she never does! <laughs> okay, so this is, this is, this is one of the worst movies what was incredibly annoying about this movie was the fact that she it's very clear what they were trying to do at first where you're like i get it she's gonna be a negative nancy he's gonna be a positive pete yeah. and like all the positive pete is gonna keep having everything go right for for him positive pete and the negative is- nancy <laughs> is gonna keep having everything go wrong for her yeah. well positive pete uh, is also actually he's just a magical negro but is white so like yes <laughs> instead of being like a magical caddy he's like a uh he's a fucking engineering professor at vanderbilt i just love yes that, like that's our conception of like the white version of a magical negro is like oh, yeah, yeah that's he's, right <laughs> he's an engineering professor at vanderbilt yeah it's like of course he's got a good job he's <laughs> magical for christ's sake <laughs> but like <laughs> but like what it's just it's an infuriating infuriating concept uh because of the fact that like she is obviously she's broke she's got these terrible money troubles yeah. that she explicitly tells him about like after she crashes into him uh and it fucks up her bumper more than it fucks up his car so she so he offers to help uh put it on um and she he goes back to uh her house and meets her kids Helps with the bumper and uh, like then has a tree. And this is like after he's left, the, a storm comes in and a tree crashes through their home, destroying their roof. He comes back the next day with coffee and he's just like, oh, I can help you with all of this. And she's still kind of like a negative Nancy. She's like, who the fuck are you? I just ran into you in my car. Co- in my car. I don't even know you, guy. Yeah. And the worst part is it's like, you know. like she's being negative and he says to her you know like life isn't just a series of mis 
uh, of unfortunate events. And I'm like, are you really going to fucking scold this poor lady <laughs> yeah. right now? Who just had a branch crash through her roof. She just had her fucking roof destroyed. You already knew she was low on money. And she's like, yeah, she's pissed about it. But like, but you're really going to scold her. And the worst Not part only is. that, just withholding her fucking money. While that's she- the thing. In the movie, at the, the by the third act, you find out that what he had in the envelope is a check for $106,000, which happens to be the exact amount that she was in debt for everything. And it's just, it's infuriating because you're like, wait, 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 wait. This whole time he had the money and he couldn't bring himself to give it to her because the reason he has this money is that he actually met uh what's her name katie holmes husband Mm -hmm. um and was uh and invented this thing that they both patented together and at a conference six days before the plane crash that took the husband's life and they were in the same plane he survived but the husband did not so he never tells her and you're thinking like oh yeah that's why he's not telling her because like they knew each other and whatnot but then you find out about the money and you're just like Motherfucker, she expl- on the day one she told you there was money problems. <laughs> yeah, that you was your have, opening. You could have just given her the check and let her fix her car, but no, you're like, ah, uh, what if I just uh, tied your bumper back together with the fucking rope? Yeah, and and what was and even more annoying is uh, as he's fixing the roof. This is the way they applied the secret in this movie, which is one of the things where I'm just like, for those of you who celebrate the secret and you do it fine, but this is fucking evil it's like he was fixing the roof and he's like i need this part so he walks into the bayou (laughs) and just finds it he just knew it would be there he found like a random piece of corrugated metal i don't know if that was yes they made they made it act like it was like oh look at this beautiful skylight you put on my house it's like i think he just he like duct tape a piece of corrugated metal onto the roof i don't think anybody could have done that Right, but it was just like the idea was that he manifested parts of the roof that would have cost a bunch of money. And like <laughs> this was supposed to be a thing. It's like, hey, he's a positive guy. These things are going to happen to him because he's positive. And like this repeats itself over and over in the movie. Like at one point, the little kid, like when they're told, oh, it's a 30 minute wait at the restaurant, he goes, you know, uh, Fucking Josh Groban looking motherfucker said that if we just think positively, you know, uh, everything, we'll get what we want. And then like a second later, the the waitress comes out and goes, we have a table for you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, this is wrong. Well, you it's, cannot- also, it's like you took a philosophy that had maybe some validity into it. And then yeah. you tried to explain it as if to a four year old. Uh, yes. And completely just like, yeah, if you want something, you can get it. Like if you want to fucking sprout wings and fly, you can. You can just do it right now. Just think hard yeah and and it was like what was so infuriating about it was the fact that like the 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 manipulation involved in josh lucas's character is not even um it's it's never confronted because you see what's happening where you're like okay it's clear that she's not quite in love with her um boyfriend right yeah and it's clear that which is unclear why that is 
Yeah, it's completely unclear why that is because they wrote his character as like a really good guy. Yeah. Um, which was like, it's fine. That that's like if you think that's what'll add depth to the character, it, well, the then whole do it. Beginning of it is like she's complaining about how bad things always happen to her. Meanwhile, she's dating a rich guy who keeps asking her to pay for stuff, and she's like, Oh no, 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 no. And you're yeah, like, and, and you're not like, only that, confused. but like this is not how problems usually work in life. Yeah, and, and and so like the first uh act of uh manifestation that she experiences in her life uh in this movie is that um Josh Lucas explains to the family the the secret. He doesn't call it the mm-hmm. secret, but he's like, you know, you can manifest things just by thinking about it and being positive. And he, he like, does what this, do you guys want? He does that and by then, pulling out a magnet, which was funny. And uh, oh, I kinda, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, man, they should have called this movie magnets. How do they work? <laughs> yeah, right. So all of the kids is like, so what do you want, kids? And they all agree what they want is pizza. And then they all are like talking about how much they love pizza. I want pepperoni. I yeah, want I like sausage. when the cheese I like when the cheese is gooey. And then, you know, Katie Holmes is like, cheese pizza stands for child porn. <laughs> no, uh <laughs> but then uh there's a knock on the door and a pizza man arrives with a pizza. And she turns to Josh Lucas like, did you do this? And he's like, don't look at me. I didn't do anything. And then he goes, oh, no, it's uh, it's from your your boyfriend. Uh, fucking, Tuck you know, Middendorf. Tuck, it's from it's from Tuck uh, who uh, bought you a pizza. And then I'm watching this and I'm going, so it, they didn't manifest it. They did not <laughs> manifest it. Yeah. The rich boyfriend bought it. And then because he was thoughtful because he was thoughtful. And then he buys her a car an suv to replace the uh rundown old station wagon that she was using or or rundown old minivan and you know but you know there's part of her that's just like you know she doesn't want to be bought and that's under (laughs) that's understood then uh he proposes and she agrees it says yes um and then the story goes on and on with uh her finally leading up to uh getting the check and the first thing she does after she is able to wipe out all of her debts is go up to the boyfriend and break up with the, like she <laughs> yeah. she breaks up with her fiance because she's like oh thank god i have money now things are good <laughs> and her outlook at that point in the movie is now positive she's now someone who knows what she wants and what's incredible about it is like they didn't even do the thing where she starts acting positively no. through through negative circumstances she and then being dragged along tooth and nail the entire time. Yeah, there's no like montage of her like trying to like get it together or having a goal or anything that people who use the secret well, uh she wants to be a about. nurse. She realizes she thinks about what she wants. She realizes that she She wanted- doesn't even she didn't even say that until after she gets the money. <laughs> yeah. It was the worst thing ever because you're just like, like she doesn't do anything to to manifest this money other than um her, her same be her same stressful negative self. And uh, there wasn't even a montage of her like I'm gonna get it together. Mm-hmm. It, it she didn't even like, learn how to be an architect like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. At least they had a montage where he was doing some fucking equations. She's pissing and moaning the whole time. Uh, and then uh, fucking, you know, Josh Lucas reveals the, the fucking money. And, 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 and then she's positive. And then she's, well, like, she's Well, first she's mad at him, which 
Usually, like in the end of the second act of a rom com, the two people that look like they're gonna get together the whole time, like you know, she finds out that he was only yeah. dating her because of a dare or something, and then she gets real right. pissed, bo- and you're like, all right, boy loses you guys girl, already yeah. fell in love. But this time, you're like, oh no, she's completely right to be angry about this because yes. he had the money to fix her problems the fucking entire time, and he just yeah. let it happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and so it's like. He's done something that is uh, pretty weird and manipulative uh, and mean. And what's worse is that, like, she rewards him for it. The dude actually ends up manifesting that pussy straight up. (laughs) Yeah. Because what ends up happening, she breaks up with her fiance and then (laughs) and then, like, goes to visit moves him, him into in his gigantic mansion in, in Nashville his, in his gigantic mansion a full and there's a double, woman full double decker wraparound porch on that mansion yes and there's a woman who you've been seeing this whole time uh that he'll like call back home and talk to this like hot blonde who you think is his wife if you're an idiot yeah, if right, you're me yeah. You're like, it's his sister. Yeah. You, Everything and, that and the, you think immediately in this movie is exactly is right. What it Your turns first out to impulse, be. if you've ever seen a movie, you will know every beat of this movie. <laughs> yeah. The only things that will surprise you is its audacity to be so fucking, to lack all human empathy for poor people and people who have fallen on hard times. Like, it is infuriating. <laughs> the idea that, like, this guy is well you just like you just apply it to like what if instead of having mild money problems extremely yes. mild money problems that all were brought on by her st- own stubbornness what if instead of that she just randomly like got diagnosed with cancer one day and this guy came into her into her life and was like you know what you need to stop being so negative and just yeah, think about the up. things you want and 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 honestly this movie if if it had been that it would have cured the cancer through positive thinking that's the type of uh application of 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 this philosophy that this movie engages in i don't think they would have gotten away with the cancer thing which is why they didn't do it so instead yeah uh, instead they go no what if she wants a house and a husband and a pony for her daughter and they get it yeah and it's but the, the I think what pisses me off about it is that it really is just one degree away from the type of grifter bullshit that Scientology sells. Like yeah. they were like, we can't get away with curing cancer. We can't get away with like she's paralyzed and then she reads the secret and then dances out of bed. Like, but we can get away with like this convoluted story about a patent that her dead husband uh, filed <laughs> yeah. right before he Died. The whole movie is basically uh, Patrick Bateman when he's in the alley and he's yes. talking to the homeless guy and he's like, you know, you're, you know, the problem, Al, is you got a negative attitude. <laughs> yes, it really is that. It's like, it, 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 and, and then if Al's degree, like, actually, I have cancer, and he's like, you know, I just realized we got nothing in common, and then he leaves. I, I mean, it is it. It was so fucking blatant and audacious that i i couldn't believe i was watching it as i was watching it i was like they there wasn't a single person who made this movie who was just like wait 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 what's the message here or just like don't you think a pony would be too much like a yeah an eight-year-old girl probably doesn't need a pony and at the end of this movie and and like what's what's worse is that like it's 
I mean, I don't know how involved in the Church of Scientology that Katie Holmes is currently. Not as involved as uh, the Smiths, apparently. Uh, what? Will and Will Jada? Will and Jada, yeah. We'll get into uh, that after we finish talking about that. Yes, yes. But I mean, but what is just annoying about it was that I was just like, if even if she's not involved in the Church of Scientology anymore, like she's not far from it with this movie. Yeah, like this movie is. Well, that was the other thing. Horse shit, grifter, garbage. <laughs> the whole time I was wondering, like, is she playing? Is she a negative person or is she a suppressive person? It kind of feels like she's playing an yes. LP in this movie. That's what it feels like. The movie. It feels like it's like it completely blurs the line between like, oh, this is like some self help about positivity and cultish fucking like uh adherence to this karmic law of like uh un- universal justice that happens so every bad thing that happens to people they deserve and every good thing that happens they deserve and and it's all everything is everyone's fault and and there's no one else to blame it's just like like they implied that the reason that the fucking hurricane at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie hits her house is because she kept saying, I bet it hits our house. Yeah. And they also, I mean, the Nicholas Sparks movies are also super white, but uh, like in the, it, 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 because the, there's only white people in this movie, you do wonder yeah. like if positive thinking only works for white people. Yeah, that and, was the other thing. The, the way it's laid out, you're like, oh yeah, that would only work for a white person. Yeah, it it really it really would only work for a, a white family, and I think a big reason because I think that they would have uh, considered casting like uh, a more uh, colorful cast. I mean, it's it's literally all white people in this movie. And not I don't just think white people, but like really white people, really white people. It's like you know they don't even have any Jews, but like. Uh, <laughs> The what what the, Jerry one of the O'Connell's reasons, not like, Jewish. Who's who's that? Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell. He's a little bit Jewish. <laughs> I Jesus call him Jewy O'Connell. We he call is. him Jewy O'Connell because he keeps stealing all our money. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, you realize one of the disgusting things about it is probably the reason that they didn't like cast any black people as the leads in this was that like they are low key implying that Katrina happening <laughs> had to do with the fact that everyone in new orleans was so negative they were so negative they're like ugh, we just know this stupid hurricane's gonna hit yeah, our house we just we can just tell the levee's gonna break and we've in fact warned about it and it's like well that's what happens when you have negative thinking it was like I know they probably didn't intentionally imply that Katrina was the fault of the victims, but it it was literally a hurricane in New Orleans, which is that happened. according to this movie filled with only white people. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans, by the way, is all white people. Um, yeah, uh, it just like at every moment in this movie, they they chose to um, they they really didn't miss an opportunity to put down people uh for ever talking about a negative thing that has happened to them like from from katie holmes character just being generally negative to um the fucking uh like the the mother-in-law who's like the the mother of the deceased husband um being a a negative person because she wants to protect um 
Katie Holmes from a house that literally had a tree fall also, through it. Like they they have to go stay with her for a few days and uh they show up at grandma's house and she makes everyone like toast and uh eggs and bacon yes! for breakfast and all the kids are like we just usually have cereal and and no one Thanks her for making them all a huge breakfast. No, yeah, for not making even, a delicious breakfast. Not even Katie Holmes. She was she like scolded her mother in law for making a huge. There was breakfast. this weird thing about this family that, or maybe the movie in general, where like people who were doing nice things for them were immediately suspect, yeah. and also were in the end um, get theirs. It yeah, was like, so were, strange. Were we? supposed to take from that that uh you should think positively and help yourself like you shouldn't accept help from others like because i whole, don't know the whole f- first part of the movie i was like okay i think maybe they're telling her to just accept help uh when people off- offer it which yeah yes that is absolutely a good yes. lesson if someone's trying to help you fucking accept it and say thank you and you'll be happier like the right weird... and that's Lu- that's um josh lucas offering to help fix the bumper help right. fix the roof meanwhile but then but on she... the other end <laughs> yeah, of the spectrum yeah. you've got jerry o'connell uh fucking you know tuck whatever his tuck name everlasting. is everlasting yeah tuck everlasting um gave her a job at the restaurant bought her a car um, you know, fucking bought her a pizza was like the fucking, you know, the angel who sent the pizza right at the moment ex- they yeah, wanted it. I was it. expecting there to be a scene where he like wanted something in return that, Me too. She, that he didn't deserve or she didn't want to give. And it never happens. You're just like, or, oh, I don't or, know why this guy is supposed to be bad. Yeah. Or explicitly say that, like, I've done all these things for you and you won't even this and that, you know, you won't even, you know, suck my balls a little bit like that, though. Like, no, he it it was so strange. And then also the mother who is like, guys, stay with me uh, at my place and I'll make you this dope ass breakfast. And they're like, ew, I hate this. What is the message? I don't understand it. It was, they were looked on with suspicion. Like, and the whole time I'm like watching the the way they've written this Jerry O'Connell's character. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're trying to communicate with this guy because he seems like a decent guy who, um, and like the not loving him is totally fine, but they do nothing to communicate that there's a lack of love there. Mm -hmm. They do nothing to communicate that. Other than the it, fact that we just never see him for some reason. And he's weirded out by the fact that there's this strange man that's always over at their house. Which, right. by the way, uh, is 100% uh, normal. Like, of course you would think that. Yes. That would be weird if your wife was just hanging out with the, or your girlfriend was just hanging out with some random guy all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. And and now your fiancé is, is hanging out with this random guy who, uh, you know, is hot and looks like a cult leader Christian. Anyways... The movie, um, one of the movie ends with, uh, you know, sh- she goes over, meets the sister, the big sister reveal. I'm his sister. Oh no, he went to go meet you. And then they're both in their cars and they're driving towards each other from opposite directions, almost and as if by magnet, almost as if by magnet. And she and he goes, you know, there's this, uh, there's this little waffle spot that I like right off of Route Five or you know ra- Route One Eighty. Uh, do you want to uh, you know go there? And she's like, I love waffles. And then they pull up to a 
fucking Waffle House. A Waffle House is not a little spot that you know. <laughs> That's like saying, uh, you know, there's this there's this neat little burger joint. Uh, it's called McDonald's that <laughs> yeah. uh, I know of. It's kind of like secret. It's only on this one freeway. So it's like, it was just like that moment. I was like, I don't even know if anyone who made this movie from scene to scene communicated with each no, other. No. Like it was felt like it was written modular by multiple well, it people. It also felt like it was written by someone in LA trying to fake trying to imagine what life in New Orleans was like. Yes, definitely. Or, Na- or Nashville. You know, what do people in Nashville do? Oh, they go to the Waffle House. All right. Bippity yeah, they were like, we're "Oh, done. the Waffle House sounds like a neat little spot." It was just like <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, dude. It was the the movie keeps changing its tone, it writes characters that you're not sure why, what way you're supposed to feel about them because of the direct. No, uh, clearly no one communicated with the director about what Jerry O'Connell's character is uh, going, what's going to happen to him from uh, scene to scene. Uh, you're just like, you're, it's got shitty filmmaking and it also has a message that is yeah. actually evil. <laughs> yeah. A bankrupt message delivered poorly. Yeah, it is. It was just like watching it. I couldn't believe I was watching it. It, I I couldn't believe that they had made a movie this bad, that they had taken this message and actually done the parody of what people think the secret is. Like they did the parody. The parody is that like you just think about a pizza and a pizza shows up. And And the funny thing about it is, and they did not do this intentionally, but then they say where the pizza came from and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We manifested it. No, you did it. The fucking, your boyfriend sent it. He's a really nice guy. So, uh, yeah, solid B plus. Solid B plus, I think. Solid B plus. Um, uh, yeah. Recommend it to, uh, you know, anyone out there who's feeling a little bit negative about, uh, you know, their, friends or family dying dying from covid um you know just know it's your fault um and uh you you could have a pony if you really wanted it yeah if you really wanted it you could have a pony you could have you you know if you if you really want it you can raise your mom back from the grave (laughs) so i wanted to talk about uh will and jada smith's scientology school uh that they ran wait what yeah i did not I did not know about this. So, they ran a Scientology school? Well, there was rumors that the Smiths were Scientologists, like, pretty much... Forever. Since forever. And I assumed that they were just because, like, Will Smith went from being, you know, pretty charming to being, like, weird, obnoxious robot people in every interview mm-hmm. where they're always telling people, like, what good parents they are and how everything in their life... Uh, they re- they always reminded me of you know when you have have those friends and they send out like their annual newsletter and it's all like obnoxious uh shit that the family did that year like you know mm-hmm. junior got the fucking attendance award at school and dad invented a new filtration system that he got patented and uh, uh-huh, yeah know, <laughs> like all that shit they they seem like one of those annoying families anyway oh they are so they spent all this time. Uh, denying it uh, and now there's like this big long daily beast article about how the school that they ran for like five years or something like that was uh, basically just a Scientology school even if they never acknowledged it as such uh, wow all I can say is that, is that it is not a Scientology school Pinkett Smith told Ebony magazine in 2009 now <laughs> if you don't trust me and you're questioning my integrity that's a whole different matter 
that is straight evil to think that I would bring families into that educational institution and then try to get them to convert into some religion. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, like the founder of the school, like they sent him a, uh, they sent him Dianetics and he's like, Oh, I didn't think of anything of it at the time that they were. I thought it was just a book. Yeah. Uh, she adds, there were pictures of L. Ron Hubbard on the walls, and in the study technology book, there was a picture of L. Ron Hubbard and a whole mini biography of his life. And that was the first thing kids had to word clear. Word clearing is uh, anyway. Uh, word clearing is like some sort of Scientology learning technique where, like, you make sure you you know what every single word means before you move on. To the thing. Anyway, Jesus. Uh, that was the first thing the kids had to word clear before anything. I mean, it was total Scientology. There was no question. Wow. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. Uh, you look, you look at that relationship, and you say, um, first of all, they probably fuck good. <laughs> what Scientologists? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Will and Jada. Oh uh, well, there. That was the other thing is. They also there was also rumors that they were like swingers or something, and they always denied that too. And yeah, then, but they are. Well, yeah, and then now we found out like Jada Pinkett has been sleeping with some random singer, and then yeah, and then Fifty Cent trolled Will Smith about it on Instagram. Which is oh, I missed that. What did he say? <laughs> oh, God, you're gonna make me find that. All right, I'll look. Oh, I I don't know. Did you listen to the bonus episode that me and Francesca did? Uh, n- no, not yet. Oh, well, we talk about it, and um, it's like, uh, where I landed on that was that, it was also after we had discussed Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's yeah. um, terrible I mean, Amber Turd is amazing. Amber Turd is incredible, but um, it was after discussing that, so maybe, you know, that painted my outlook on it, but I will say that um, I think that they have a very practical and healthy look at what a long-term relationship is especially if you're fucking mega famous oh sure is that like you, you know what yeah relationships aren't perfect and like the fact is is that we've raised this really weird family together and sometimes we fuck other people i mean they didn't outwardly say that but it was like yeah you know because fucking will smith fucked margot roby and fucking did he uh yeah Oh, was Apparently. that? Was that? Oh, was that also a story? I mean, this is something Francesca knew about, and I just take her word for it. Because um, <laughs> she'll beat and, you. Yeah, because she'll beat me if I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I saw it, and I was like, this actually seems like a the first time I've ever seen mega celebrities um, talk kind of honestly about what it's like to be in a relationship uh, for With other to- mega celebrities. Yeah, to or yeah. to be in a, you know with each other and like have like Hollywood people be honest about like fucking other people sometimes. Yeah, you know? and I'm like, uh, good. Someone need, you know, there's something about also Will Smith and the kind of the new agey shit that he talks about. Where I'm like, he's not actually wrong with a lot of well, it. Well, the thing is, like, I think he would have. I, I don't think anybody would have made a big deal about it if they weren't like so over the top talking about their fucking like traditional values for like the past 10 years like all they've yeah. been doing like they were so uh fucking pedantic uh, in telling everyone like what a relationship should be like and and what you should do as parents and what good parents they are and so i don't know maybe if they didn't do that they probably wouldn't have had this big old thing now nah, you're probably right you're probably right 
Uh, um, yes, there were posters it, on the wall. I didn't even know who that was, says Jawaharlal. Oh, that's someone who is te- teaching there. There were teachers mm-hmm. there who were constantly talking about building materials into the curriculum that were related to Scientology. There were teachers there that I met, and I couldn't even understand what they were saying. There was a geography teacher there, and I'm pretty well-versed in geography, but they were saying this vague stuff. There seemed to be an agenda. I mean, I'd sit in on classes and listen to these teachers, and they were using weird words that I didn't even know. Wow. Well, I mean, fucking, but was it a good education, though? Like, <laughs> I don't you know. have to think about oh, that. So the, the, the 50 Cent thing, and I don't know, maybe this Oh, yeah, is, please. This is maybe, maybe Photoshopped. It kind of feels like it's not real, but I liked it anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, 50 Cent posted this supposed text exchange with Will Smith. Yo, Will, you all right over there? Yes, I'm cool. I appreciate your concern, my brother. <laughs> but why she tell you that shit on a show for everybody to see? We broke up, so she did her and I did me. Then she said she, only she can give permission for somebody to blow her back out. <laughs> Fuck you, 50. <laughs> and then that's the end of the thing. You think that's a real text message I don't, but it was funny. I mean, it was well but photoshopped also, either way. That that was another thing, though, um, was, uh, that I thought that I agreed with uh, that she said because she talked about how, like, Everyone was saying that oh Will Will gave permission uh, for um, Jada to have an affair, and she goes, "When we both know that like only I can give myself permission to go and you know sleep with someone else," which is true. It's yeah, like the, it, it's kind of like the general idea it, it, of like cucking, right? Is like um, you know, kind of looked at as this like. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like oh, embarrassing, you know, he got, shameful, em- embarrassing, shameful thing. He got cucked or, or or whatnot, and it's like if if he and her had an agreement, they broke up, then she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Why would why would he why would she need permission from him to go fuck someone else? So I was like, I I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, and also. Yeah, it's very clear that they're Scientologists, and uh, that's bad. And um, <laughs> well, it's just weird that like like if Scientology is such a positive thing, maybe you don't need to uh, you know, hide it. Yeah, hide it so well and spend mm-hmm. so much energy like denying not only denying but like how dare you question my integrity kind of shit. And yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. well, you know, you sent somebody a fucking copy of L. Ron Hubbard's book, so we we're just asking. Yeah, right. It's like, well, we got all the evidence, so just be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, Schnitzel Bob sent us an email about. Oh, time for emails, baby. Yeah, he sent us a story, and uh, and he said, I can't think of a more fraudcast story, uh, and it comes from the Metro UK. Uh huh. Vegan single mom drinks sperm smoothies every morning to give her energy. Um, it's an unconventional start to the day, but this woman's <laughs> but, but this good opening woman, sentence. This woman, this is actually like an email and a crystal corner. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but this woman swears by gulping down a smoothie every morning with the key ingredient being a teaspoon of teaspoon full of sperm. 29 year old Tracy kiss has been drinking the interesting concoction for the past month saying it's boosted both her mood and her immunity. I mean, come on. You'd think they would. Find someone who's been doing it longer than a month. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like your mom. Your mom's been guzzling cum every morning. <laughs> wow. For wow, dude. Sorry. 
Fucking. I'm just playing. Wow. Wow. Uh, the mum of two is currently single, so harvests her sperm from her best friend. Or rather, he harvests it and delivers it to her up to three times a week. What are friends for, eh? Tracy, who's vegan, stores it in tubs in the fridge with the rest of her groceries. Uh, the mum of two from Buckinghamshire then whizzes the batch up into a smoothie with complimentary ingredients such as bananas, seeds, and almond milk. I'd been feeling oh run God. down and had no energy, but now I'm full of beans and my mood has improved, says Tracy. <laughs> yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. Uh, nutritional value aside, just how does this unusual ingredient alter the taste of her breakfast drink? Everything's saltier, but uh, <laughs> it depends if he ate like uh, if he if he if he ate like pineapple an hour before, then he's pretty good. But sometimes it, he'll eat a hamburger. He tastes like meat. Would it surprise you to learn that she's cute and there's lots of pictures of her like sex sex uh, sexually eating uh, spoonfuls of things in the article? Okay, so uh, what's the article called? Because I'm going to Google it. <laughs> uh, every batch tastes different depending on what he's been eating, she reveals. If he's been drinking alcohol or eating something particularly pungent like asparagus, I asked him to give, you a he- give me a heads up so I know not to drink it neat. Wow, we're talking about it neat now. I get it. Um, things like pineapple. Oh, I found it. Okay, good. Things like pineapple and peppermint. Oh, fuck. She is hot. Oh, Teddy. <laughs> yeah. Why do, Why so many? Oh, my God. Straight up. She's just like showing her. This is. Mm, I feel weird. <laughs> oh. 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 oh, she's eating cum with a spoon. Oh, no. <laughs> Mama. Yeah. Oh so, my god. Yeah, great article. I love UK media. It's fun. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. The single mom is actually no stranger to incorporating sperm in her daily routine. She's been slathering it on her face since last year when she discovered it made a brilliant facial <laughs> and now credits it for improving her complexion. I mean, come on. Come on. What happens when she starts dating again and uh, and the guy finds out that She's been using her best friend's cum on her face for the whole year. Wait a second. Wait a second. So this article that they linked to um, about the semen facials shows her again from 2015. She This is how she stays in the news. <laughs> she harvests sperm. Uh, wait, hold on. Is delivered fresh each morning by a male friend in a clean Chinese takeaway pot. Cool. What the fuck? Cool. Oh, it just shows her with like cum all over. This is um, I gotta go, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm weird, horny right now. Is are you angry? Are you did you make yourself? Yeah, angry? like oh, I'm frustrated, horny. I'm just like oh, why you gotta do that? I'll give you a face when you are facial. Sorry, it's the demon inside me. Fuck the brains. Put a cum in your asshole and take a shit of cum. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Should we Should um, we leave it there so you can... Uh, yeah, dude, I got to do some things. Retreat um, to your bunk? Yeah, yeah. For for the last time, um, next week, I'm moving to Eagle Rock. And, oh, I um, know. You told me. Now I'm going to have a room that I go to to say reactionary things and masturbate. So... And no longer a whole apartment to myself to just 
Fuck every couch, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is that bad? I nah, it's good. Yeah. But, uh, hey, thank you uh, so much for listening to us, everybody. We fucking love you. Patreon.com slash broadcast. All the bonus episodes all the time. You'll love it. Broadcast uh, <laughs> um, at gmail.com. For all of your questions, comments, concerns, uh, you know, let us know how you're doing. Uh, fucking Vince, what's the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening once again. And until next time, good night and good chins full of gum. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs>